0: To teachers talk film this is episode number 14 uh, mr ray we have a special guest with us today we're going to introduce him here in a second um how are you doing pete i'm good i'm i'm excited to have a guest i'm a little tired of you so uh <laughs> we
1: gotta we gotta live it up a little bit
0: we were talking about um bringing people in and even your um your student said you're just two very monotone dudes talking on a podcast and I agree. So we need to add some spice, um some flavor. Some and salt. that flavor, yeah, some salt. Oh, how did I miss that? Oh my god. The flavor, the salt is coming from the Salt Lord himself. That is Robbie B. Robbie, welcome. TTF Nation. What's up?
2: I'm how in the house. First podcast good, episode, um guest Hey, you guys got me through my uh, Nebraska drive. We listened to every episode up and down. I think you guys were only up to like five episodes at that point. So I had to repeat a little bit, but it got me through my drive. So shout out to TTF. You
0: were texting me about that when you were um, like, it was before you watched The Wrestler. You were hating
2: on The Wrestler. Yeah, well, I just remember like The Wrestler came out. I think we were in high school or something like that. And it was just winning everything, and I think I just like hated that it was winning everything. And I was like, I'm not gonna watch that. Like, I'm sticking to the man. Like, this is my <laughs> way of rebelling to the culture. Have you watched it since though? No, I have not.
0: Oh my god, you gotta watch it.
2: Dude, I've been I've been too into T V series lately. Like, that's all I've been watching lately. Like, no film, honestly. What have you been watching? Uh, have you guys watched The Boys on Amazon Prime? I haven't you that show is awesome that like I saw that season three was coming out and I was like my friends always talk about it and I was just like ah, let's give it a try and it is probably like turning into like one of my favorite shows like it's awesome it's just like exactly what I think superheroes would be like if it was like real life it's awesome you'd love it Mitch
1: It's, like, the best superhero property out right now, probably. I agree. It's it's just awesome.
2: That or Invincible. Invincible, like, really surprised me, too. Yeah.
1: There's a
0: new season of Invincible coming out, right, relatively soon?
2: I hope so, because that show was awesome.
0: I need to start the boys. Um, It's kind of more on the vulgar side, right? Oh, yeah.
2: Like, yeah. yeah. Like, (laughs) I don't know if it's Shelby's type of speed, you know? Like... (laughs) Shelby's huge into Stranger Things, actually. So is Sydney. Sydney loves Stranger Things. So she actually went back to watch seasons one through three after we watched season four. Dude, Shelby did that twice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I don't get it because, like, she doesn't like horror movies or anything like that. I think it's the character development with the kids. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. There's something for everybody. Have you watched season four fully? For
2: sure. Yeah, we got to, I think, like, the part two comes out and not. Not too long from now, but it was awesome. We loved it.
0: July first, volume two. Um, Yeah, we're gonna rewatch the first part as well. I heard,
2: I heard a crazy stat that like season one, uh, like their budget per episode was like six million, and then like season four, it was like thirty million an episode.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, dude. The scene where it's um, Max escaping. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Yeah, I
2: was gonna say this is spoilers.
1: Like, (laughs) I am. am Halfway through episode six at the moment. so Dog, that's okay.
2: honestly your fault at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think what he's about to say is from like episode four. I okay, think. I
1: think so too. I just want to make sure. Like, yeah, I've made it this far. No spoilers.
2: That's what like,
1: like we whenever we now.
2: talk film on our podcast, it's always with a big spoiler warning type of thing. That's why when Mitch was going into, it, I was like, "Oh, we don't do that here." Like, all right, I'm like just hop in there.
0: No, we're spoiler filled. That X-ray. That's your fault, bro. It's been out a while Um, You need to watch it And then Obi-Wan, Rob, what are your thoughts on the first three episodes? Can I be real with you? Yeah
2: I don't think it's as good as everybody says it is I think it's this rose-tinted glasses thing that everybody just loves Obi-Wan And has been wanting this for 20-something years So I think it's that we're finally getting just something about it We just think it's the greatest thing ever Like, I think, uh, a spoiler here If you haven't seen episode one, I guess the, the scene where Leia is running away from those aliens might be, like, one of the most... Not even, like, just... Not, like... Because with Star Wars and those kind of sci-fi movies, you need to, like, let go of your, like, realness for a second. Like, okay, like, we're in space. We can go right. light speed and stuff like that. But that made me, like... Like, I have to dis... Like, life. Like, I'm not... An eight-year-old is not running away from an adult <laughs> in any kind of world or universe. That's what, like, really made me mad about the show. But, like, I just it's not that I don't like it. It's just that I think people are over hyping it because it's finally, we're getting some sort of Obi-Wan. Uh, and like, I think like him already kind of meeting somebody in the third episode was kind of like, not, I don't know. I felt like it should have been longer to that, but it's okay. Like, I don't hate it, but I look forward to it on Wednesdays.
0: Yeah. I like how they're not like an hour and a half long, like they're quick and dirty and like, you just get what you need and then you're out. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely fan service though. Like I don't need it at all yeah. as a Star okay. Wars fan, but it's just, it's cool to see. You are right though. That scene where uh, Leia's running through the forest, like that might be the worst shot yeah, scene put, like ever.
2: Just put like Benny Hill music behind it. You know, like, <laughs> the, like it's just so wacky and it's just so dumb. Like one person runs into a branch and they're like, oh, like, ah, like what is going on? Like it is ridiculous. <laughs>
0: I did like the third episode though with Darth Vader. We can say it. We don't, of course. Not, okay. Not, yeah. Yeah. Pete, you're you're in the same camp, right? You're you're liking it.
1: Well, I mean, on our last episode, I talked about hating it. Well, not hating it, but just kind of like Rob, feeling underwhelmed, yeah. maybe. Um, and then the third episode is beginning to change my mind. I mean, you put Darth Vader in there, I'm in. I'm in yeah, right exactly. away. So I think the more Darth Vader that is in there, I will like it more. The less Darth Vader, I, I mean, I think the Darth Vader parts are the best parts. So the rest of it, I'm, I'm not, I'm not too in on. We'll see. We'll see what happens.
0: We'll see. I'm glad it's not like loop driven though. Cause I don't yeah. need that. Definitely. Um, yeah. We'll see. Next episode comes out on Wednesday, I believe there's only like six episodes. Right. So we're already halfway through.
2: Yeah. yeah. Which is already kind of like, makes me feel like almost game of Thrones type of thing where it's like, they have like they have a beginning and it's like they don't quite know what the end looks like. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see.
0: We'll see. All right. Well, this week we're talking uh, Legends of the Fall. This was a film produced in 1994, or 1994, 1995. One of the two. Um, we were just born uh, right fresh into the world and we're introduced to Brad Pitt and his luscious long hair. Um, we're going to talk about that here in a second. Um, We like to do drafts at the beginning uh, of our episodes. And so last week we did a mustache draft, say that five times fast, Um, best mustaches of all time. Today, this week, we're going to talk about the coolest dudes that you've ever seen on horseback. You can throw anybody on a horse, right? Like LeBron James, but it's not going to look right. So there's something that comes into looking cool on horseback. Um, And so I had you guys look at, picking 5 of the coolest fictional characters on horseback um, can be from any property whatsoever um yeah uh
2: so um i actually had sydney uh, make a list as well but oh, hers sweet. is more so the hottest of Okay uh, the <laughs> lists, so i felt like having a um her a, a woman's kind of opinion on this would also help because I took your list as the top five hottest. That's so mine's off of attractiveness too. So that's us, but uh, <laughs> that's how I did it.
0: Or you want to start us off? We'll go Rob, Pete, and
2: then I'll go. Yeah, sure. Then we'll actually I'll start with Sid. So okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she said she there's no way she could make a top five because she so she made six. Okay. And then she <laughs> said there's no way that she could possibly order them. They're all hot. <laughs> uh so she has brad pitt as tristan from legends of the fall first written okay. i mean how can he not dude he's yeah dude, wait first quick quick question though do you guys have any experience on a horse like do you got have you guys ever ridden a horse or like if someone was like hey saddle up like you could just saddle up
0: i think i've hopped on like once but it's like when they're tied up and like, they're just going around in a circle and like, oh, okay. There's Looking the person like. next to you. So you're not
1: really on it. No. <laughs> I, uh, I grew up on a farm and have maybe been on a horse like less than five times. So, okay. That's, that's more than I'm... me.
2: I had a, I have a, I have a horror story on a horse. Uh, so I'll make a, a TLDR. I was like seven or eight and we were in Estes park for God knows what reason. And we were went horseback riding for God knows what reason um cuz like my family me and Mitch's family how many times Mitch, did we do outdoorsy things as a family
0: we went snowboarding like 3 times that's it
2: and that's like not even outdoorsy we're staying no. in a super nice like that's like as outdoorsy as it got for us so why we were horseback riding when i was this young i have no idea so i got like this horse from like from satan himself dude so like we were like first of all i don't like horses they pee and poop everywhere they're, they're really big and they scare me So we get to this part on the ravine where there's like, it's just me on the horse. Like everybody's like horseback riding and it's like kind of just walking on a trail type of thing. And then we get to this ravine and every other horse is just walking and it's like up to like their little ankle hoof, I guess. And so all of a sudden my horse is like, Nope, I'm not going in that water. Nope. And then like the horse trainers, like trying to like drag it. And my horse just suddenly just starts skipping and jumping across the water. And I'm like, eight years old getting whiplashed like that and then after that i got off the horse and just walked the whole trail like i was like i'm not doing this anymore so that was my last time the only time i'll ever be on a horse
0: yeah you didn't have the control bro you gotta you have to dominate that horse and yeah let do oh, know dude,
2: you're that, in charge yeah that horse dominated me okay <laughs> so back to sydney's list brad pitt tristan legends of the fall i'm sure he's on all of ours potentially um and then we have henry cavill for the witcher mm, good choice. Uh, um, and then Vigo Mortensen, uh, for uh, Strider, Lord of the Rings. Um, Luke Grimes as Casey in Yellowstone. Um, and then Chris Hemsworth, 12 strong. I guess he's on a horse at some point in that. Uh, <laughs> and then, um, the one she was like, Oh my god, I forgot, give me the list back. Um, Richard Madden as Rob Stark from Game of Thrones. I think that's like her favorite.
0: So, definitely just attractive dudes on horse, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, so,
2: so my list here is I I, I did mine from five through one. Um, number five, um, Robert Redford as Sundance Mm. from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I knew
0: you were gonna do that.
2: I remember watching that movie with my dad all the time, and I always thought he was super like cool because he also had like my name, so I was like, oh, like Sundance is Robert Redford. I like that guy, and he's also like such a sick shot in that movie. Um, number four, I have Orlando Bloom as Legolas in Lord of the Rings. I think it goes without. I mean, I don't think he's in a horse on the scene, but when he climbs up the elephant, shoots off the elephant, and then like rides down off of it, probably one of the coolest scenes ever. He rides a horse at some point in the movie. Um, and then I have Kit Harington, preseason uh, six uh let me make that very clear pre-season six have you watched game of thrones yet mitch
0: no i don't i'm past the window too i'm never gonna watch it
2: uh i I don't blame you at this point (laughs) uh so kit harrington is Jon snow uh Jon snow was one of my favorite characters in game of thrones i thought he was super awesome he had like such presence on a horse too and uh always riding in castle black and stuff like that love me some kit harrington uh, number two, uh, I also have Henry Cavill for The Witcher. Uh, the Witcher is such an awesome show, uh, and he's so cool. And like, he's got to be like the buffest dude I've ever seen on a horse, too. Um, so that one goes without saying. And then number one, uh, I have Brad Pitt for two movies. Uh, he does ride a horse in Troy for a little bit. And Achilles is one of, I think, one of the coolest <laughs> characters of all time. What he does uh, in that movie is so cool. I remember watching Troy in, like, English 2 or something like that in high school for, like, <laughs> and then I remember being like, like, most movies you watch at school are so dumb. And I remember being like, oh, no, like, the movie's done. I got to go to the next class. So I thought Troy was super sick. And then, of course, as Tristan in Legends of the Fall. Yeah. I mean, every time he's, like, gone for two months or two years and then just rolls back up on the horse. <laughs> like, Like, we haven't seen him in six years. And then on a Tuesday, he's just...
0: It was like 20 horses with him. That was ridiculous,
2: dude. (laughs) Like, oh, man, like, we lost all these, like, horses and these Palominos and Ponderosas. And (laughs) he's just rolling up with (laughs) them. Yeah, so I thought Tristan was really cool.
0: That's a robust starting five, though. Yeah, I would take that to battle any day.
2: Yeah, it's a good five.
0: Yeah.
1: Pete, what about you? Okay. Um... My, I definitely base mine off of the coolness factor, less off of looks, uh, if that's all right. That's yeah, my um, My number five, I would be surprised if, I don't know, many people heard of this guy. This movie this, uh, movie's really popular on Netflix right now. It's just called RRR. Have you guys seen anything about it? It's new, right? Yeah, it's an Indian film. Oh. I saw the little like the blurb when I opened Netflix, but I haven't checked it out. Maybe the I'll poster do that looks
2: very interesting.
1: Okay, it's three hours long, but it is like the wildest ride of a movie I've seen in a while. And there's this guy in it, his name is Raju, and he has a giant mustache. He is like he's if you guys just watch, just watch the first 15 minutes. In the first 15 minutes, he takes on this mob of like thousands of people with only like a stick in his hand um all to arrest this one guy it it is amazing um and he rides a horse multiple times throughout the movie i i can't even begin to describe how cool he is like you just you have to check it out um and it's like four movies all in one so check out rrr and raju is the man that's some strong recommendation right there I'd I, I pick it for the podcast, but we know that uh, I don't pick
0: long movies anymore. So yeah, you're banned from movies over two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so why is
2: that? Why, what movie did you pick that was just garbage? I,
1: I picked uh, Once Upon a Time in America. It's like four hours, three hours, 40 minutes long. Um, three hours,
0: 49 minutes on the second to last week of school when we're not busy at all. <laughs> I still have resentment about that. I do too towards myself, so it's okay.
2: Once upon a time in America, it's on Netflix,
0: Rob. You would like it; it's really good. It is really good.
2: A four-hour movie. I don't know if I'm gonna like a four-hour movie, bro. (laughs) Like that, a four-hour movie. You gotta like keep me the whole time.
1: Yeah, you gotta watch two hours and then it's gotta be like Endgame if it's like
2: four hours. Uh,
1: my number four is his name is Woodrow Call. Um, from one of my favorite books lonesome dove uh he is an ex texas ranger um and they made it into a movie too and he's played by tommy lee jones um hmm. he's just like a no-nonsense kind of cowboy guy and uh yeah he, he's the man um number three i'm going gandalf gandalf rides a horse um he does. As I was, you know i was doing diligent research trying to find the coolest dudes to ride horses his horse's name is shadow facts like that's just sweet. Man. Fun
2: fact, our Albus was almost named shadow facts. That was one of the top three contender names.
1: I like that. Nice. Uh, so yeah, Gandalf. I mean, he's the man. He's awesome. Run. You uh, <laughs> number two, I'm going with um, the man with no name. Uh, the dollars trilogy. Clint Eastwood. I mean, he's, he's currently behind me. Um, He's just a man. If you're in a movie and you don't really have a name and you're the main character, like you're pretty cool. <laughs> uh, and I, I don't know. I need to watch all those movies again because they're awesome. Um, but yeah, he's just, he's so cool. Uh, my number one is from a little movie called Blazing Saddles. Uh, I'm going with Bart, the sheriff and his, uh, his Gucci saddlebags. Um <laughs> if you've never seen blazing saddles it's like i don't know probably my favorite comedy movie of all time could definitely not be made today but it's hilarious and yeah bart the sheriff is he's hilarious and he's funny and um
2: gene wilder's in that correct
1: yeah yeah he plays like this drunk cop and yeah he's really funny in it too it's it's really good yeah that movie is like like highly renowned with
0: critics and they say like it's just like 80 jokes per minute non-stop laughs
1: yeah, yeah it's hilarious and like pretty inappropriate but it's, that's how i it's feel just... about the
2: movie airplane
1: yeah airplane is great yeah
0: uh no horses in airplane that would be cool unfortunately flying horse i
2: put, I put kareem at number 1 then
0: <laughs> i might have a flying horse in my list um let's see number 5 i did I just did Leo in the Revenant because, like, when I think of a survival story about that, like, Leo in the Revenant is excellent. He rides a horse, obviously. Um, Lives in a
2: horse, bro. Doesn't only ride in it, he lives in one.
0: (laughs) I need to go back and rewatch that and give it the attention it deserves. Um, Number four, I went with Idris Elba in Concrete Cowboy. Um, Netflix oh, original. Nice. Um, I really liked it. It has a lot of like hit or miss reviews. Um, but he plays Harp, who is basically this cowboy in this like urbanized Philadelphia. Um, he wears like the cowboy hat, like crooked to the side. Like if T.I. was a cowboy, <laughs> he would wear his cowboy hat like Idris Elba in Concrete Cowboy. Um, and I mean, you throw Idris Elba on anything, he's gonna look pretty cool.
1: Um, it's cool because those guys are based on real people, too. Yeah. like That's a real community. And I also think anytime you put a horse on like asphalt, they, they automatically become cooler. I didn't know that it was a
0: true story until like the end when they said it in the little closing yeah. titles. I was already hooked. And then I was like, whoa, this is actually true. That's cool. Yeah. Um. My number three. I don't know if you guys are going to accept this or not, because it's kind of pushing the boundary um pegasus from hercules so
2: are you saying like you like this horse more so or like the guy who rides the horse so is this a little bit of both this is this is yeah this is like my
0: unicorn pick because it is a little bit of both um i think pegasus is obviously sick because he can fly um but i really like the companionship that he has with hercules that's the thing that draws me to pegasus they're like um, brothers
2: they like joke with each other and like mess with each other type of thing
0: right exactly yeah, so that's my number three. Number two, Zorro with the mask. I mean, mm. he's got to be in someone's top five, right? He's the man. Um, unconventional, but super, super cool. I think and that's then, one of my
2: movie sins is I haven't seen that movie. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's one of those movie sins that I have. Antonio
1: Banderas.
2: The only Spy Kids is the only thing I remember <laughs> him from. <laughs>
0: I like spy kids more. I'll say that <laughs> <laughs> my number one is not a movie actually. Um, but it is a character, Arthur Morgan,
1: Arthur. Nice. Yeah, on my Red list. Dead.
0: yeah. Um, because like, that's the last like true game on console that I've like really just let take over my life. Um, Yeah. I just love him. He's always riding on the horse. I love how he says um, you're all right, boy to his horse every time. Um, And you get to control him. You get to make sure that he looks awesome on horseback. Arthur Morgan, red dead, easy pick.
2: I never, I got to like, I got like 40 hours into red dead. And then I was just over the whole, Hey Arthur, go get me some things at the city. Hey Arthur, (laughs) go do this. Like, I'm sick of this. Like, let me just go be, but like, you can go do that. But to progress the story, like, I was just like, I'm over this.
0: I see. I was all about it. And you beat it too, right? Like you played it all the way through.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then, yeah, I I started like the online stuff and played maybe 10 minutes and was just not into it. And, But yeah, the the story is awesome.
2: We were really looking forward to the whole online Red Dead Redemption thing as content creators because we thought that was going to be so sick, like Cowboy RP. And then it came out and was just terrible. And like three years later, it is still just awful. (laughs) Is that how GTA is too? No, GTA at this point, I mean, dude, do you realize how long GTA has been out? I was a freshman in college and I bought it for the Xbox 360. They have since released it for the PS or the Xbox one, the newest Xbox series, whatever it is, the PS4, PS5, the Wii switch, you know, it like has literally had like 10 different iterations and they still keep coming up with like new DLCs for the game. But like the GTA RP is pretty cool, though. That is like the one thing that is kind of cool about it.
0: Rockstar will do literally everything besides make a new GTA.
2: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Yeah. Did they crack the code, though? Is, like, this the one that, like, they don't need to make another one? They just No, need-
2: like, at some point, I think people are going to get sick of it. And, like, they are going to have to make a new one. Uh, But, I mean, at this point, because it's been out for nine years, like, there's, like, RP servers where people, like, have their own servers of, like, GTA Worlds. And people, like, role play as, like, a cashier in a burger joint or a nurse at the hospital or, like, a cop and like people just rp and like that's kind of like one of the biggest directories on twitch now interesting
0: huh. yeah you ever give gta online a try pete
1: oh yeah dude i bought gta like probably four separate times i'd like buy yeah, it, and i'd play it for a while with like my brother or my cousin and then we'd stop and i'd take it back to GameStop, and then we'd like get bored and it'd be like okay time to buy gta again um and so finally i just like downloaded it bought the digital version so that i would not let myself take it back um yeah it's i mean there's nothing more fun than just getting in there and driving super fast and blowing some stuff up for a while and then saying that was sweet
2: (laughs) that was sweet
0: (laughs) you're the reason why they're not making a new game though because they're making money
1: off of you i'm not buying anything
0: i'm just uh
1: I'm just role. I'm just role playing as a teacher in the GTA universe. (laughs) That's super eventful. I imagine. Um,
0: Let's get into this. This is legends of the fall. Um, Before I do read the synopsis. um, We had a fan Christian from New York, reach out to us on Twitter. Um, So shout out to Christian from New York. TTF nation. Yeah. TTF nation. I actually think he is part of um, salt nation and then he came over to TTF Nation as well. So he's a dual nation fan. Christian, we appreciate you. Shout out, Christian. Legends of the Fall, 1994. Synopsis reads, in the early 1900s, three brothers and their father living in the remote wilderness of Montana are affected by betrayal, history, love, nature, and War. We mentioned this already. Um, it's starring the famous Brad Pitt, Long Hair and All, 1994-1995 um, release. Um, Rob, you are our guest. Would you like to start us off? Like, where would you Sure, yeah. Begin? Uh,
2: so, to start off, so I'm not like a big, like, Western guy. Like, I think I I think truly like I can count maybe three Westerns that I've seen off the top of my head. And I don't even know if I consider this a Western type of movie, uh, but this is about as Western as it gets for me. Um, uh, and I wanted to bring a film that kind of kind of sparked conversation, you know, that is kind of more of an artsy type of film. Um, so I hadn't seen uh, this movie till like four or five years ago when Sydney introduced it to me. Cause Sydney is a very like, outdoorsy nature-centered type of person. And I'm totally not. And so she put this on one day and I love like a compelling story, like especially like with like a family that like makes me think of my own family. Uh, so um, I love this movie in the regards of like a brother relationship because like with the relationship they have with their brothers, like I see that with my relationship with my brothers, uh, specifically yes, like sir. with Mitch, with, like, Mitch and my, step- my other stepbrother Garrett. Yes, sir. Um, yeah and irk as well but i think irk is more like samuel or something like that more so like the quiet one the one that I would wants agree to do the right thing type of thing and <laughs> i i feel like i'm more so i, I don't want to like feel like i'm tooting my own horn but i feel like i'd more so relate to tristan i mean anthony hopkins is who plays the father in this you can tell tristan is clearly his favorite and i think in my family it's kind of the same thing Is you can clearly tell that I'm my dad's favorite. And <laughs> the truth like, has like, been revealed. Yeah, it's no secret. Like, <laughs> it like, so I feel like, uh, but thankfully when we were kids, there was never a woman introduced to our family that absolutely split us all apart. Uh So uh I love, like one of my favorite things about this movie is the cinematography. Like I love the shots of the mountains and stuff like that when they're just kind of like, lasso and horses and stuff like that like i normally think like ah like i live in a very internet bubble like my job is around the internet my life is around the internet social media uh so whenever i watch things like yellowstone or like westerns like this it's always like i feel like i just need to go and do that like just go and do it but then i feel like i'll be there for two minutes i'm like this is the worst thing ever um so this was, is one of like my favorite Westerns. Um, I just love the story dynamic. I love how war gets brought up into it. Um, Cause I think like the war scene where Tristan necessarily doesn't want to go to war, but uh, he just feels like he has to protect Samuel. And that's how I feel about like my little brother, especially like only I'm, I'm the only one that's allowed to pick on him type of thing. Like if anybody else out there picks on him, they're getting their butt kicked. Uh, so uh when they go out to war um i can never look at barbed wire the same anymore because like i think that is like one of the most sad things because you do get to see like with world war one especially like with trench warfare and stuff like that i know it's not as like greatly shot as like saving private ryan or something like that uh but i still think they do a good job of kind of showing how like destructive world war one was in terms of like chemical warfare and stuff like that because you see i think it's like mustard gas gets spread to samuel's eyes and he can't see Mm -hmm. and he just just hears tristan and just walks into barbed wire and then just and then dies it's just so sad um i don't like though uh how the woman comes in here and just absolutely just wrecks this family Susanna. Uh, Susanna. uh she i mean She's a great written character, and, like, she's awesome, but, like, I even think the dad, Colonel Williams, uh, like, as soon as she gets off of it, uh, Alfred is just like, like, I'll tell you this, if I introduced Mitch to my fiancé, and he's looking <laughs> at her like, like, you're getting your butt kicked, bro, like, what you mean, what are you doing, like, so... Uh, I just think that's really funny. I also like how in this movie it's uh, they show a lot of like the Native American kind of culture that I think you don't see a lot in today's or like you see it a lot more. I think it's coming back uh, in a, like a good kind of way. But I really love how like Anthony Hopkins hates the government specifically for their treatment of like Native Americans and stuff like that. Like, I think that's really, really cool. Um, it just shows how like good of a guy he is. And I love Anthony Hopkins. In my eyes, Anthony Hopkins can do no wrong. Uh, he is like, I still think one of like the greatest actors like ever. So when I heard, when Sydney told me like, yeah, Anthony Hopkins is in this, I was like, oh, like I'll watch it. Like there's nothing Anthony Hopkins is in that's bad. I'm sure they Um, raised. Um, I also kind of like the whole bear thing. Like I love how that kind of comes to like a full circle type of thing with Tristan's character that like at the start he's just this wild child and like wants to kill a bear, but just happens to just get like it's claw, but nearly die. Like what a crazy kid, man. Like that grizzly bear is huge. Like, I don't know what I would do if I ever saw one of those things.
0: I love that. Yeah. I, that was one of the things that stood out to me. Like at the beginning, he, um, he stabs the bear's paw and like he gets part of its claw or whatever. Um, and so, like in that sense, he has like a quote-unquote victory with the bear. And like the English teacher and me is like looking at the bear as like a symbol of like this wild life that he is pursuing. And then um, at the end, <laughs> that, that scene—I'm laughing, but that scene where he just gets mauled by the bear—I yeah. like, chuckled a little bit. Like it's intense, but he, well, for like, sure, it just comes wildlife, out of nowhere yeah the wildlife just takes him um so like what he loved most ultimately is what killed him um and the narrator even says at the end um it was a good death and then the credits credits roll um so much tragedy i like how you talked about the cinematography it feels like a bob ross painting like all of the landscape like it looks like bob ross had just it's hooked it, up some paintings.
2: It's weird, like in Colorado. I feel like we have kind of mountains like that, but like we don't at the same time. You know, it's like totally a different kind of mountain range, nature over there, and it's like still really cool. Like when the movie starts, you see like they're on like a really old, like they're on horses, and then it's like a really old trolley car. And as the years go by, you start to see like the the police show up in the on, in like a decent looking car. You see like the industrialization of America slowly start coming up with like the city. And I think it's really cool that like, it also like shows you that like, like, and I think this is where I relate to my brothers is like, we all, we, we're all in like different way parts of our lives now. Like Mitch is like 400 miles away from me. My stepbrother Garrett's 2000, you know, Eric's in Arizona right now. And it's kind of like that. It's all the brothers kind of find their own kind of like path. And even though it like slowly branches them apart, like Mitch could be rolling up in Fort Collins on a horse. And I'd be like, Mitch. And I'd be like just as happy as they are to see Tristan as I'd see Mitch. So like, that's another part that I really like is that like, no matter what you still have that brotherly connection. And especially like at the end when they're basically there to like, Hey, we're going to kill you Tristan. Cause you like killed one of like my brothers type of thing. And this is where like, I really like that Colonel Williams hates the government because he blames the government for kill- killing Isabel too because they are like, they just like shoot like a Tommy gun. And then they all are like, what I really hate about it too, is Brad Pitt does, or Tristan does what anybody would do and attacks the person who like kills his wife. And then later on, Alfred's the one that tells him, you got to plead guilty. Like you gotta, like, you're the one that's in trouble. Like the cop's not in trouble. And I think you see that a lot today in that, you know, it's more so the one who reacts and, 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 does the necessarily bad thing in retaliation. Um, So I thought that was really cool. And then I love how like the grave sites just kind of grow and like Samuel's grave is there first. And then I think it's Isabel too. And then you just see it at the end of the movie. It's like, everybody's in there and it's like the whole family. And it's really interesting that Tristan is actually the one that like lives on the longest I thought. Uh, And I thought that was kind of interesting too, that like the wild child and the one that is always, going off and doing his own thing is the one that like genuinely like lives the longest. I thought that was cool. And then when Alfred sticks up, like puts like everything away, like, and kills whoever that guy is and basically puts his whole like Congress job at risk and all that kind of stuff, literally just to protect his little brother. And I think that's what any of us would do in that situation. And I thought that was really cool that like Alfred at that point is like, it would be an honor if I would raise your kids for you type of thing.
0: That was cool. Yeah, because up until that point, um, like I wasn't too big on Alfred's character. He does have the redemptive arc at the end when he is behind his family and then he kills off the congressman people or the government, whatever. Um, Pete, you have a brother as well. Um, You have a sister, too. You make throw her in this situation um out of you three are you the Tristan are you the Alfred are you the Samuel what what is your thinking there
1: that's a great question and I I mean I think that that's probably what we all thought about as we watched this movie and if you have siblings like that's what you thought about and I definitely think like my sister's nine years younger than me so when they were saying it's at the very beginning of the movie like they do anything to protect them like that's I feel like that's probably how my brother and I are about her Mm -hmm. um and then, as far as like, I don't know. There's the probably my favorite favorite quote of the movie is when Alfred says like, "I followed all the rules and you followed none of them." And like, look at how our lives have turned out. I I feel like my brother and I kind of go back and forth. Like, um, I'm the one that's like, I don't know. I bought a freaking camper van. Like, that's <laughs> that's that's, that's kind of wild. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we go back and forth, but I also feel like at the same time I consider myself a rule follower. So yeah, I I kind of went back and forth all throughout this movie of like, I guess we're maybe all of us have some of those three brothers within us all at the same time too.
0: It's definitely like Tristan's character. And obviously this is like the early 1900s. Like there's things he's doing that he would not be able to do nowadays. Um, like Rob mentioned, just the like the urbanization and just like the growth of community in that way. Like their ranch, like is totally isolated. It's remote. It's, like no one's around them. So like he does have more free will to do the crazy things. Um, but you are a bit more tamed as a teacher. Um, you have your wild side. Your Chris McCandless. Your Tristan in you um, with the creeper van that was once a creeper van now turned into a traveler van Rob I need to send you pictures of his van because it is pretty pretty sweet like he could live out of that thing really? if he really That's wanted sweet. to um
2: uh, go I, think ahead. A, I think another thing that I really like too is I think I relate a lot to my dad in sorts of ways so I thought colonel Williams is a lot like my dad like when he says like w- what I really like about this movie too is like the letters back and forth it kind of shows you like what each character is like really thinking and stuff like that without being like too invasive or just being like too cheap and like a cheap way of telling you like oh this is what i'm thinking uh like when he says i think it's like i have all three of my sons under the roof again and it fills me with such deep uh quiet satisfaction that i thank god and i think that's almost how like every parent kind of feels like i think when our family or like our parents have just two of us in the house i feel like they feel like that so that's like one of my favorite quotes because i feel like that's how every parent kind of feels like when they have all their sons in the house. And then and then they decide to go off to war. Sorry, dad.
0: Yeah, yeah. and then in that same vein, like um, it's the father writing to his once wife, Isabel. Um, once Susanna comes into the house too, he says, quote, a cultivated woman is in the house again. Um, Susanna's character, and this is probably a good thing, the way she's written, like I like and I appreciate her, but at the same time, I can't stand
2: her. So um, I think that's like kind of the point is like, you're she's like this. I think it's like, she's the rock that splits the river, I believe is what somebody says in the movie.
0: Mm.
1: Pete, what were your thoughts on her? I think that she, like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just because she's so smoking hot that I, uh, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't have ill feelings towards her. I think that she does a great job just as a character showing that you can't control people um and i feel like that's really what the movie boils down to is all these guys are going through like these different stages in their life and i think she is too um but she tries to like yeah fit into these guys' paths and then at the same time tries to change them um and like yeah kind of make them bend to her will uh and it's just not possible and i think that her character shows that you you can't control you can't control a lot of the things that she tries to control including like who you who you love she tries to control that and she can't
2: I think she goes through like a lot of trauma as well though because like she gets a fiance he dies in war and then but like before he dies like she almost hooks up with one of his brothers and like falls in love with one of his brothers but then one of her other brothers is in love with her and she doesn't really love him so she settles for him and then she ends up like killing herself because she feels so bad about wanting Isabel to be dead and wanting and wishing that like Isabel's kids were her kids type of thing. Uh, so she's just also like a very flawed character uh, too.
0: It might relate back to like the period in which it's taking place too, because like obviously I can't say from experience, but like it wasn't like more so like they were like trying to find suitors rather than like true love in a marriage. And like, so when she feels like her age getting older and like, she realizes like she wants to have kids and all these things, like she has to speed up the process. And so she does settle for Alfred. Um, she mentions like when she's talking to Tristan, um, when he comes back um, that she wishes that she was the mother to his children. Um, And so I think that is kind of why she offs herself at the end too, because she realizes the love lost that she could have had, Um, which makes me question how the story would have been different had Samuel stayed alive. Like, and I'll, I'll say this too. I feel, and maybe you guys feel differently. I feel like the writing was kind of loose for Alfred showing his love towards her at the beginning. Like I didn't pick up on it as much. Like, he just comes up to her and he's like, oh, I love you too, blah, blah, blah. I felt like that was forced. Maybe I'm looking too deep into it, but I don't know.
2: I think it might be just like, they're so secluded on that farm and you know they don't have very cultivating women. So I think it's just like, he sees the first woman and she's pretty and it's just like, oh my God, Like, I love you. And then I found that quote that One Step says, it says, She was like the water that freezes inside a rock and breaks it apart. It was no more her fault than it's uh, than it is the fault of the water when the rock shatters. Mm. So he's basically saying that, like, it's not her fault. Like, it's also the brother's faults as well. Like they also have their own kind of part to play in it. Um, And I mean, it's really sad how her like character ends up going out. Like she just like kills herself because she can't even like live with the fact that she can't be who she wants to be. And it like, I, as a person that like has had depression and stuff like that, I totally get that. And it's really sad.
1: The big thing too, is uh, when we first meet her, it's like, uh, their mom is writing about her and the, like it talks about that her parents have died. Um, And it says that like the mom fears that she feels like very alone in the world. So I think the fact that, yeah, like Samuel dies, uh, Tristan leaves her, um she has to settle for alfred who she probably still feels alone with because they're not really there's no connection there um like it yeah it just does show that she's definitely lonely throughout throughout the movie yeah i i that was a small detail
0: that was picked up a lot because i had to remind myself i was like why doesn't she just go back home to boston like there's no one holding her at this ranch um but yeah, the fact that her parents and like her family had passed on provides that motivation to stay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, very flawed, but very compelling character.
1: Um, anything else I you want get, to say on her? I, I just you mentioned like not like picking up on the love interest right away. I got creepy vibes from Alfred, like literally the second that. the 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 very first yeah she comes off the train she's he's like it's it's so (laughs) weird and that actor like he just does a good job i don't know if it's just his face or his eyes or what like he it was just weird whenever those two were together in the beginning like he was just creepy around her um and and
2: oh go ahead go ahead no I, i feel like it's just like um when Alfred and Tristan like confront each other about her for the first time. And he's basically like, I bet you let Samuel die. So you could like be with her. And he's like, you love her. So like, I'll forgive you that one time. He's like, you ever say that again? Like you are like dead to me. So uh, I just think it's, I don't know if I could ever let a girl get in between us. Steez, like, I don't think that ever happened while we were in high school or anything like that um like, and, and even if it was like you're like yo, I like this girl I'd be oh okay like my bad like I feel like now <laughs> like I just don't know if I could ever let that happen uh but you know love makes people do crazy things so who who knows
0: it's also like yeah and like the gender roles and like I hate to bring it up but like the women inferiority like at the time like there might have been this notion that she like has to settle down and she has to be with someone and then you mentioned it, like these three isolated dudes on a ranch, like the first time they set their eyes on a girl, like they'll probably feel something. Um, yeah. Whatever that may be. And so um, they she does kind of like indirectly stir the pot with their whole conflict. Um, she definitely like creates the story because without her, like this would really be nothing. I feel yeah, like they'd
2: just be like, yeah, the farm's doing great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that's like another thing I really like about the movie is like you see the farm like kind of deteriorate over time as Tristan's gone, like the price of cattle starts to go down. So they start to lose money. And then when Tristan comes back, it's like, well, we'll build it from the ground up. And then he starts doing uh, like bootlegging things and starts like uh, bootlegging liquor uh, in the city and stuff like that. While Alfred is doing it all right. And uh, I just think that's very interesting that. They make the the farm very great at the beginning and then it goes down, but then comes right back up as Tristan comes back. It, I just love the movie. I just think it's an awesome story.
1: Yeah, I saw you had your notes up there. I was just looking through um, one scene I feel like we got to talk about is uh, I, I don't dare mention it, but I have to. I got slight Godfather vibes from... Um, the like killing montage when they're killing the like cops and they're killing the, Mm -hmm. uh, um, like, cause we have, it's like the beginnings of the mob and we see like the influence of the mob and it like controls Alfred as the congressman and all this stuff. That's that scene. Like they, I feel like they totally ripped it straight from the Godfather. Let's, let's just have this montage where all these mobsters are getting killed. Um, and obviously it cannot be done even close to as well as The Godfather. But I I did really like that scene. Like, it was just really cool that we're out, like, um, the guys up on the cliff, like, sniping that guy in the van. Yeah, and man. then um, we've got him, like, Tristan's tipping over the boxes. The way that that guy dies, getting stabbed by, like, I think it's a pitchfork, just, yeah, like, like laying down. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, that That scene was pretty cool. I really liked that. And I was, I, I just kept thinking, like, man, this They've seen the Godfather before. That's one thing I really liked about
0: this movie too, was like it hit on a lot of different notes. Like there are very like sentimental, soft moments, but then there are some like incredibly graphic parts. You mentioned that one. What about the part where um, Tristan stabs Samuel, rips his heart out, uses the blood from his heart to put on like his warrior paint when I was watching that, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this dude is insane. And then he just goes on a rampage. I think my favorite shot in the movie is when he is yeah. still at the war or still in the war and he comes back on horseback and his clothes are just all tattered. He's like ashen just face has scouts everywhere. Like around the him. Dude, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what made me think of the horseback draft thing that we did. Because I was like, dude, look at that guy right there. Like,
2: <laughs> come on. <laughs> And that, that's what I really love about the like the Native American touches like he never loses touch with that. Like that's a very Native American thing is like to get the get the heart and like bring that home and they you know, they can put him to rest. Like another thing I like is when one stab speaks English, but these like one stab is not going to bring himself down to speak English. Like it's like he would have to bring himself down to our level to speak English. I thought that was like really cool, too.
1: One stab is like probably my favorite character in this. He's just so wise and like he does a great job as the narrator, just filling us in on all these things. And like you read that quote, he just gives us like these insights. Um, yeah, he's he is so cool. He's like those he's euphemisms that
2: every parent loves to use. Like it's so like I feel like my dad has 30 of those. And like I really love when like one stab is like singing over their bodies and stuff, and like he wants to take the scalps, but he doesn't because it's not his kill. It's just, it's just really cool. All those like subtle, like Native American kind of influence that this movie has. And I don't think you saw that a lot, like in the, in like the mid nineties, I think you'd always see like Cowboys versus Indians type of things. And this was more so like doing it right for like the Native American culture type of thing.
0: I wouldn't want any other narrator other than one stab to narrate this. Yeah. Um, Have you guys seen Dead Man with Johnny Depp?
2: I haven't. No. No.
0: It's on. Um. Pete, it's on Criterion Channel. You should check it out. It's um, white guy gets immersed in Native American culture, Um, black and white. It is really quite cool. Kind of reminds me of One Stab. Um, Graphic, graphic. I want to talk about some things that I might have um, some qualms with, with the movie. Um, I think I really, 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 really like the story. Um, Maybe a little bit predictable at parts like um when like i mentioned Susanna comes in like she's obviously going to stir the conflict and the pot plot forward um some cheesy scenes some cheesy dialogue when um tristan sees his brothers for the first time again in the beginning um he says you guys look like a bunch of ice cream cones <laughs> <laughs> like what does that even mean you look like a bunch of ice cream cones and then they have the little the play fight where it's like grown men tackling each other on the ground. Like I love my brothers, but I don't ever see myself doing that when I'm like seeing Rob, Oh, let me <laughs> help you to the ground. Yeah. We we're never like that. <laughs> Give you a nuggie or whatever it's called where you rub your head. A <laughs> lot of, a lot of cheesy moments. Um, I wish they would have not had the father speak as much when he had his stroke. Um, I did like like the effect it gave, but there were some moments where I was like, all right, what
2: just,
0: are you saying yeah like what is, i'm not trying to throw shade at anybody who's experienced that but executed a little poorly there i think
2: uh, i i like how um uh the colonel uses the gun that tristan gave him uh on the trip to to protect tristan
0: that I was, cool. That was really cool yeah he like engraved it to him
1: mm-hmm.
0: pete you pick up on corny things a
1: lot um what, what was corny for you here? I just, I wrote down on my, on my sheet, this is a dad movie. Like this is, this is an ultimate. I can't wait till I have a kid so that I appreciate this movie more. Um, because I, I just feel like it's everything that, um, any dad would like, like my dad has mentioned this. I don't know if he mentioned the like book itself to me or the movie, um, just about liking it, um. So, yeah, I feel like dad movies are just inherently have some like corniness to them. Um, but I thought this one did a pretty good job, like shine away from it. Um, I guess maybe my big I don't want to call this corny, um, but I really didn't like that Alfred uh, like saved the day at the end. Um, Rob, you mentioned you like that, but I don't know. I just felt like the whole movie it had been like at the beginning it was like, yeah, I'm going to protect my brothers. But then literally the rest of the movie, it's like, I hate you and I can't stand you and you stink. And we're so different that this can't work. And then I knew when like the shot came in, I was like, that's Alfred. And they like literally just had this fight. So I thought that that turnaround happened pretty quickly. Um, So I don't was That was my biggest thing with the ending was just like, "Ah, one stab should have shot him. Um, I don't know. I just didn't feel like that worked for me.
0: You are a fan of, like, um, the morally flawed characters who
1: never really seek redemption. Get that redemption, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I, I feel like I've mentioned that on the last few episodes. Like, yeah, I just like when guys are mad um, and they just stay mad. Like, I feel like that's how life works. I don't know. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I, I think it worked for this movie. I liked the end where Alfred does kind of save the day. Um, I mean, how could you not, though? Like, when you see, you're right. looking at your brother and, like, your father and like they're getting accused and potentially going to die like how could you not step in
2: yeah and what i really like about it too is like it's not more so he's doing it for tristan i think more so he wants to prove to his dad that he still like loves the family type of thing and it's more so not so much a redemption for him and tristan it's more so like a redemption for him and his like father that like his father can finally like you know like accept him since he became like in Congress. Cause what I really love is like, when he's like comes in is like, dad, like they want me to be in Congress. And he's like, all right. Like, what do you guys want with my son? Basically. He's like, Whoa, man. Like, why are you saying that? He's like, you haven't like thought about that at all. Like that. They just want to like use you and all that kind of stuff. Like that's what the government is, man. Like,
0: Go go ahead at the end well you just touched on it like there's after he shoots him like um Al- alfred shoots the government people um the colonel goes up to him and he's like Aah! and he gives him a big old cheesy hug and it's the zoom in on his face like they
1: have their rekindling moment so yeah i agree we uh we we've, we've talked about like sequels and spin-off multiple times on this podcast like i think the sandlot episode we talked about our good boy bertram and the like weird 60s movie we could make i would really like the alfred shoots the guys and then we get the alfred movie of him just like being like stop being a congressman he just like goes back to the farm and starts like turns back into his like maybe like nature farm Almost like like his own father
2: like just like his dad was
1: exactly yeah so i don't know i just i maybe i needed some more
0: That'd be cool. And like use Tristan's kids as like the upcoming generation. And like, he's exactly like his dad. I think they named him Samuel actually. Yeah. So like Samuel would be like Tristan. Exactly. That would be cool.
2: Did you guys see Susanna committing suicide coming at all? Or were you surprised by that?
0: I was surprised by it. I, I, yeah, I was surprised uh, to an extent. Like I knew like she was clearly never happy, like throughout the whole movie. I don't even know if she was happy when she was with Samuel at the beginning. She didn't seem like content, but it w- it definitely threw me off a little bit. I was like, oh, there's just because there was already so much tragedy. I didn't think they were going to throw that extra layer on. Um, but sure enough, they did.
2: Yeah. And then it's like Alfred and Tristan are back together. And it's like, now we have no wives to fight over. Like, <laughs> it's like, now what do we do type of thing? Like
1: we've eliminated every woman for us to possibly yeah. Talk yeah. It
2: over. Now so like can... do we get along <laughs>
1: now? Like...
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she did kind of like start the problem with her presence at the end, at the beginning and then she is kind of the solution at the end too like morbidly enough. That's really weird to say, but um yeah, I love it. Anything else you wanted to say before we give our scores?
2: Um trying to think uh i oh i love how like how if you live on that farm and you're part of that family that they will always protect you like the sheriffs come and they're like hey have like you seen this guy and they're like oh yeah like he worked here probably like three four years ago was trying to get some money and think he was going to australia right was that alfred australia and he goes i think it's hong kong yeah he goes, i might be hong kong then and then you find out like two seconds later that it's decker at the farm and that they're just kind of like protecting him. And once again, they say, like, oh, she's a half breed. And uh, uh, Hopkins is like, no, like, we do not use that kind of language, like in this house. Like, you are above that and we can give you a great life. And like, you see that as Susanna's like older, she's like, oh, I know about colonial, like, Eastern history and I know where that is. And like, I don't think you see, see that a lot in the 1920s, uh, like, people getting that kind of sort of education. Uh, so I just think he's probably my favorite character in the whole movie honestly because i just think he's such a grounded person and like at no point does he ever lose even when his wife just kind of like up and leaves and like you don't know if they get a divorce or she's just like i don't want to live on the farm anymore uh so (laughs) i i think like and then like even when she shows up for the funeral and stuff like that like he still greets her like he's still happy to see her and doesn't hold any resentment towards her like, he, he understands that, like, everybody else has their own story, including himself, and he just stays grounded.
0: Yeah, that's one thing I, t- I was thinking about, like, just the, the unwavering loyalty that all these characters possess with each other on the ranch, like, really keeps them all alive, honestly. And then at the end, too, with Alfred, like, he finally turns around. And obviously, I think that's why they chose Alfred to be the one to do it, because... It's just reinfer- reinforcing that loyalty that was so prominent throughout his life that he once abandoned, um, but then came back full circle with. Um, yeah. How many times have you seen this, Rob? You said you've this seen was this was second my second time. This Second time.
2: Yeah.
1: And Pete, this was your first time. First time and yeah, I read the book and don't remember anything from it. Like I, re- I was watching the movie and I was like, I have no recollection of reading this. At oh, all.
2: so you, you couldn't be like, oh, that's not in the book or like the book did it better type of thing.
1: I don't remember reading it. I just okay. remember not enjoying the book all that much, but I like the movie, I think more than the book.
2: I, I don't really read books, so I uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I didn't even know there was a book about it. <laughs> <laughs> book. Yeah, that's what I call that's why I call books, because I, I don't read books, man. <laughs> like the last book I read was like for fun, like legit, like for fun was in sixth grade. That was like the last book I read. For, for you fun. were big
0: in um to City of Ember. I remember that, That's that. the
2: book. That's yeah. like the last book I read. That was like for fun. Like that, like I genuinely enjoyed. Like every other book was like because my English teachers made me read a book.
0: <laughs> we I don't know. We assign good books, I feel like. Like, like, there's okay, some of Mice me and, and Men connections you, here.
2: Okay, Mice and Men is okay. Like, that was the one I could kind of get to because there was a movie at the end.
0: Because <laughs> there was a movie. Because you knew there was a movie coming.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, like, like, The Great Gatsby, uh, Into the Wild. I'm trying to think of all the books, like, all the English teachers made me read. Um, I can't really remember any other books, like, that I was forced to read. Uh, oh, Catcher in the Rye. Like, all three of those books were like spark noted, skimmed through. I shared with a friend that they put notes in the book too. Like it was, I, I just, I never liked to read books.
0: <laughs> You're in the English honors in a, as a 10th grader. That too. was
2: a bad, I, so like ninth grade, like my, my, my English teacher gasped me. I'm a great writer. Okay. Love writing. Okay. I didn't know in 10th grade though, that there's vocabulary tests, spelling tests, <laughs> Like, reading every, like, and Miss Peterson, like, owned me, dude. Like, and, like, I was the dumbest kid in that class. Like, every other kid in that class, it was, like, Noah Mills. He's, like, a doctor now or something. Adam Pescik is legitimately, like, a heart doctor now. Uh, like, everybody in that class. Drew Jameson, lawyer. Like, everybody in that class was smart. And so, we, she'd be, like, your word is Croxell the Fivic. And then would just, like, stare at me while everybody else was, like, writing. So, <laughs> that was, do you still do spelling tests and stuff like that? I just no. do
0: it like within context. Pete, do you? No.
2: Uh, no
1: Spelling vo- tests are vo- like vo-
2: Vocabulary tests, like where it was like, they would give us like 25 words from the week for like a week to study. And then by Friday, there'd be like 12 of the definitions listed and you'd have to like write the definition or like which word corresponded to that definition. And then she would pick like 10 words from that list that you would have to spell. And for someone who like me, who has undiagnosed uh, dyslexia, but I swear I do. Uh, that was like the most impossible thing in the whole world. And I immediately was like, I'm not going to do honors next year or AP or whatever that is. Yeah, So AP I'm, I'm, I'm glad to know that you guys don't make kids do that anymore.
0: I think the vocabulary is still important, but like spell check, like, has changed the game i feel like because like kids are always like using chromebooks and things like that now um you just like
2: fanatically spell it like that's how i always did it and i'd I'd fanatically spell it and then i just highlight it spell check oh that's how it's spelled okay like move on (laughs) like i'm not gonna and
1: it's also so bad now like spelling is so bad it's it's like it it's almost beyond beyond help and i do feel like one day i don't know how long into the future like it, again it'll like you said phonetically if it looks like it it sounds like that's just how we're going to communicate because yeah. it's, it is so bad in like across the board
2: uh, do you guys like so like you make kids like handwrite stuff and it's pretty bad spelling with handwriting stuff if they don't have well, spell i'm talking
1: even even google docs are like the the spell the, some kids will spell things so badly that the spell check does the spell check can't even think it's just like I don't know but it's still when I read it I know what it's saying I don't know maybe that's just a teacher so you don't
2: you you'd say like if there's an essay and they have like a word spelt wrong in it you wouldn't dock them
1: no because I think it's just so so bad that yeah (laughs) okay oh
0: I I would dock them like (laughs) oh (laughs) I'm seeing like one that stood out to me a few years ago um the word condition c-o-n-d-i-t-i-o-n yeah Um, a kid spelled it something to the likes of c-u-n-d-u-s-h-u-n condition but
2: but you knew what it was
0: (laughs) yeah but i mean like i don't know i would say 85 percent of the time too the words like you mentioned spell check doesn't correct them Or pick it up i would say like 85 percent of the time it does and that's an easy two click process come on kid
2: and you can't do the two clicks bro (laughs) um
0: but yeah it is it'll be interesting like 20 years down the road like how we're communicating with each other we might just be using emojis in our essays 20 years down the road
2: (laughs) sorry i got us kind of distracted on type of books
0: no you're good what rob what would you give this movie score out of a hundred
2: um out of a hundred okay um i'd give it like i'd say like a 91 like which is a very respectable hey. re- respectable score for me like i love this movie like most movies that are like like oh we're in nature and stuff like that don't make me go like wow this looks really sweet and makes me want to do this but like this movie like makes me relate to like my own family in sorts of ways. And like loyalty, like I'm a very loyal person. So like the loyalty that they like show their own family and stuff like that's awesome. Brad Pitt's a hunk, you know, like every, like I said earlier, I think before, like when he just like rolls up every time to the houses and is like, everyone's like, Tristan's back. And they're all just like super happy. And like when his, so like, I kind of relate to this too. Like whenever I go back home and like, I see my dad, I can literally imagine him with the chalkboard writing am happy that I'm there. <laughs> so like, so yeah. like whenever I go back to Parker, I go back to my dad's house. I literally like just think about him writing. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah,
0: as he steps out of his uh, Mercedes. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: so yeah, I love this movie. I think the cinematography is awesome. Um, I love the cast. Yeah. Um, I think this is like one of the first movies I've ever seen the kid from E.T. in uh, other than E.T. Uh, so I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, so, yeah, I, I really like this movie. Uh, makes me want to be like outdoorsy and go and kill some bears. You know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about asking you the question, like, is there any wildlife animal that you legitimately feel like you could stand your own against? Like if it came down to it, like. I feel like I could take a coyote if like my life depended on it.
2: Like a rabid coyote, man. That's like, I mean, I've said this on the podcast and my boys have roasted me for it. I still think I could take a kangaroo. Now I have seen some (laughs) videos of some crazy kangaroos. Now I think that's like the 1% of kangaroos. I'm talking like a kangaroo. That's like me, you know, like a middle of the road kangaroo. That is not like prepped for battle. Like, I think I could take a kangaroo.
1: Rob's talking uh, like Rue from Winnie the Pooh, that that kangaroo. Yeah,
2: it's something <laughs> like a joke.
1: <laughs> Pete, what about you?
0: Score or wildlife exhibition match? You're the victor. What, what do you think?
1: I would say uh, I have a very distinct memory from uh, when I was younger. Uh, and this fox was in our backyard. And I, no joke, I befriended this fox. Um, So I could take on any animal because I would just befriend it. I would befriend (laughs) the bear. I'd befriend the mountain lion and we'd just be homeless. So any animal, I would slowly befriend them. Um, (laughs) You're one with nature. Yes, yes. I I gave this movie a 75. Um, I, yeah, I like the story. Um, I think that we didn't mention soundtrack, And I think it's because like, there's nothing notable about it. Like, that's a big thing for me. Um, Like I thought they could have done some cool stuff there. Um, I thought the cinematography was cool. Like the shots of like Montana, like those looked amazing. But other than that, I didn't think it did anything all that crazy. Um, So yeah, 75 kind of middle of the road for me. Um, But I liked it. I enjoyed it. I like it. Um, I'm (laughs)
0: This is good that we have Rob on here because we're always like within three points of each other. Like, yeah, yeah we need some diverse opinion. I gave it a 74.5.
2: Okay. Uh, now, what is that? Like, is that like average? Like you, like, w- is that like, I recommend the movie. Like, what is that for you guys? Like,
0: so like I do it, like, I think of it as grades. Like if a kid has a 74 in a class, like
2: that's pretty Pretty good. That like me, I had 74s. Like I got past. Like huh? yeah, like
0: I would recommend it. Um, I like Pete said, it's definitely like a dad movie. Like, I don't think it's bad by any means. Pete and I have this spreadsheet thing. Um, Pete started it. It's like we break down these movies by like acting dialogue, the cinematography, like everything that we see on screen, the plot, every and so like we kind of base it off of all that. Um, But I would recommend it. 74, like, that's a good grade. Like, I'm taking that. Yeah. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, I pulled it up just now. The critics, very harsh, 58%. Yeah, they're wrong. And then the audience (laughs) gives it an 87. So, (laughs) um, yeah, we're kind of, like, middle of the road. Rob really liked it. I I can see, I can appreciate a 91. I will say that.
2: I'm an easy Um, grader. (laughs)
0: <laughs> easy grader do you actually read the assignments or are you just giving it to them just based on how it looks
2: based on how it looks <laughs> like it's like well i mean like you know you got anthony hopkins in it you know anthony hopkins hands me an essay you know i'm gonna skim over that essay because anthony hopkins has given me <laughs> 10 essays before and they're really good so like why do i need to waste my time you're like ah yeah 90 like i'm sure you guys have students like that that like are like trying to get 4.0s and 4.1s and they turn in their essay and you are and you read like the first thesis and then you're like, oh, you're good, yo. Like, come on.
0: <laughs> no, I never do that, dude. I, I, <laughs> I never do that. <laughs> um, I love it. I love it. We're going to get into our closure. Um, Rob, I'm going to put you on the spot. Every time we do these episodes, we have a closing connection. And so we try to relate our film of the week to an aspect of our job um so i'll start me and pete will start and then you'll finish out our closure um basically how can you connect anything from this movie to the life of rabbi v salt lord i got it um you want to start us off
2: sure yeah, um, you should
0: tell it. You should tell the people who don't
1: know, yeah, so, what, what he is. So, what he I, does.
2: So, I'm, I'm a content creator, uh, I'm on YouTube, Twitch, like I have my own Twitch stream for god six years now. And where can uh, we find you? Uh, twitch.tv slash rabbyv, uh, R-H-A-B-B-Y underscore V. Uh, so, um, the way I could relate this to this. To the movie when she gets there, she's like, Oh my God, like it's beautiful here. And he's like, Yeah, just wait till like four months of harsh winter and then like see what you say after that. So, and that's kind of how I feel about my job is like everybody says, like, oh my God, like you have such a great summer job, like it's amazing. You just sit down and play video games. And it's like, Yeah, but there are a lot of peaks and valleys. Like sometimes you have a sub count of a thousand, and then one week it's five hundred, you know, and then you have to go through the cycles of being your own boss type of thing and managing your own farm and all the kind of things that go with that. So it's almost like the seasons that like, sure, summer's great and it looks like it's awesome, but you don't really know until you're at the very bottom what it's like. Uh, So I would say like, that's kind of how it relates is people think like content creation and streaming is, Oh, you just have the most relaxed job ever. And like, it's you, you're very chill. And it's like, No, actually we have to release content like every day to stay relevant on the internet. You know, the internet moves at a million miles per hour. You take a week off the internet, you are a month behind. Um, So you take a week off at the farm during the winter, you're going to be behind and die. And so it's basically like that. Like if you can't get up during the harsh winters for content creation and all that kind of stuff, then you're not going to make it. Uh, So that's kind of how I would relate. It is just kind of through the, what you see during the summers and what the uh, winters there at the farm look like.
0: Yeah. I like that. I think teachers talk film, Pete, we can really relate to that too. Having high numbers one week up to like 50,000.
2: And then then the next week, yeah, we got 20. Let's see. (laughs) And like that's the other thing is like, when you like say that, it's like you have millions of other content creators out there. It's like, Oh, when we first started our podcast, our podcast got 250,000 views. But now here we are, episode 135, and we have 20,000 viewers. So it's like, you know, someone would still kill for that 20,000. So you still need to like still be grateful for that type of thing. So it's always this like stone that you always have to kind of flip flop between is like staying grateful. But also like, why is this kind of happening type of thing?
0: I feel
1: that we're just we're waiting for that moment when our, our listeners come right. Running back to us like Tristan returning with that pack of wild horses, Uh, with twenty
2: other listeners. Like, (laughs) um,
1: my my connection would be like just the character of Tristan, um, because he really doesn't, he does not fit in with like society, and he does not fit in with like a normal way of life. And as teachers, we like see those kids all the time. Um, And especially being like an English teacher, like you're teaching kids how to write. Um, So one thing that I always keep probably not even in the back of my mind, in the front of my mind is that um, like kids are every kid is different. And a kid sitting in your class of like 30 kids, like that's probably for a lot of kids, that's not the best thing for them. But it's just like the path that most kids take. Um, so I think I'm always like on the lookout for those kids that like don't play by the rules. Um, and that that's okay. Like you don't have to play by the rules. Um, if you're, you're doing your own thing and you're not harming anybody and doing it. So I just think that there's a lot of kids out there that are definitely like Tristan that, yeah, just aren't fitting in and are totally fine with that and just want to do their own thing. I like those kids. Well,
2: I'm going to, I'll piggyback off what you just said. Like, so when, um, like, you like the quote where Alfred's like, "I did everything right and you did everything wrong." And like, yeah, so like, I feel like I did everything wrong in my life. Like, I dropped out of school. Like, I went to high college, nearly flunked out my freshman year, and then brought it right back just to the cusp. And then got super lucky and figured out this whole content thing and dropped out of school and put everything into this whole content thing. And it's like, I, I, if you look at what I did, I did everything inherently wrong in the situation but everything just still happened to kind of work out
1: and i do think that the probably the biggest takeaway from that is it's not like you can just like do everything wrong and like things will work out for you you have to like like tristan worked for like everything that he did and just like you did and um like i think that's just how everybody is and if you're not going to like quote unquote play by the rules things probably are going to be like harder for you but if like that's your route, like do it, but just commit to it.
0: I think oftentimes the people that do that are the ones that like we talk about the most to throughout history. Like we don't talk about the accountant from Wells Fargo in 1990. Um, but yeah, we talk about Michael Jordan, who was cut from his high school team, taking a risk to train and all that stuff. So there's definitely an immense reward at the end of that, if you choose that route. So uh, I love it. I love it um my connection kind of i have like a one stab of my own um in my mentor teacher who has turned into one of my really really good friends i'm going to be the best man in his wedding in september um but so much wisdom so much um information that he had given me when i was a student teacher of his um which has really just transcended into like how i go about the practice today he opened the doors for me to teach ap Um, and then potentially the college classes down the road. Um, so yeah, shout out him. Um, I don't know if he would want me to say his name on here. Um, Are AP
2: classes, not college classes anymore.
0: They are, but like, there's a, as a senior at our school, like you can take like the CMU entry level English class, um, AP Lang, like you can still get the college credit if you pass the exam. I see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, shout out that teacher. Um, Robbie, it's been a pleasure. Do you have anything else you want to say before we uh, peace out of here?
2: No, I appreciate it. TTF nation. Um, I'll let uh, salt nation know um, about the podcast I'm featured on. I appreciate you guys taking the time to watch my movie, even though it was average, you know, we take averages here. I just didn't (laughs) want like 52, like, you know, like I just didn't (laughs) want, like I was really nervous. uh, Cause like the first movie, I think I recommended was a river runs through it. And Uh I like that movie. um, But I, I forgot that legends of the fall is not a river runs through it. Cause they're kind of the similar movies kind of. So when I was telling Sydney that I recommended it and I started telling the synopsis of legends of the fall, she goes, Robert, that's legends of the fall. And I went, Oh my God. So I had to text like Mitch right away after that. And was like, can <laughs> I change the movie? I
1: like, have a guy I, I teach with that. Um, he constantly, he does the same thing you did. He gets those two mixed up. Like in it, if you like Legends of the Fall, go watch River Runs Through It yeah. cuz the, the Brad Pitt character is almost the exact same guy. And it yeah.
2: That's yeah. why I think I got it confused.
1: That's what I'm saying like
0: if you go to Walmart and you know how in the back they have just like the bins of like the $5 movies, I bet you stick your hand in there, you pull out a disc, there's going to be a $5 bundle with both movies on one CD cuz they are just so similar. You get that package deal. Uh, need,
2: I need to listen to your uh, guys's Top Gun episode though. I know you guys did a bonus episode, uh, and I've I missed the bonus episode, so I need to listen to that.
0: What's your Top Gun score? Oh,
2: Dog, <laughs> try like a 90s like six or like. Nine. Dog, I love that movie. I was coming out of that movie like I love that movie. That movie's like a ninety-six.
0: I gave but, like, it a ninety-two.
2: I wanted more, like so, like they hang you with the, at the beginning, they do the doom and then you think they're going to go into the solo. And then it just cuts to like highway to the danger zone. That's the only thing I hated about that movie is I wanted the actual guitar solo from the original and not like the Hans Zimmer version, I guess they made.
0: Uh, I like the Hans Zimmer score.
2: I, I I just wanted the old just guitar solo. You get it like at some point in the movie for like two seconds.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Pete gave it an 85, I think. It's a great score. Yeah. Lady Gaga brought me down quite a bit.
2: <laughs> I'm not a big I'm not a big Gaga fan either.
0: Yeah. Uh, next week we are going to be watching Licorice Pizza. Um, this is a relatively new Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Um, I believe X Ray has seen it. Um, I have not seen it, and it's been on my list ever since it came out. And I just. I'm biting the bullet. I want to watch this thing. So um, we're going to watch it and we'll give our thoughts about it and some other nonsense as well. So until next time, make sure you watch that movie licorice pizza, Robbie again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Stay up to date on things, do your homework and peace out.
1: Peace out.